0: Hi, this is Pastor Corey. I hope this podcast will encourage you, strengthen your faith, and most importantly, help you draw closer to Jesus. Thank you for listening. Today we're going to be starting a new series called Homemade Christmas. Homemade Christmas. Everybody say homemade. In my opinion, homemade is the best. I don't care what it is. You can buy me store-bought no-bakes from Yolks, and they might be okay, but when somebody brings me homemade no-bakes, they are so much better, right? It doesn't matter what it is. I, I've, I've seen things that people do that they make at home, and it's amazing what they can do. It always seems to me like things that are homemade are better, and so we're going to be talking about a homemade Christmas for the next three weeks, and what we're going to do is invite everyone to take an opportunity to participate in church. Because if you've been here very long, you'll hear me preach. It's more than just a service on Sunday that you attend. It's supposed to be a spiritual gathering. It's supposed to be a spiritual family who gathers... Together, like, everybody is a part of this. It's not just somebody who's sitting in a chair to observe something that's taking place. And so we're going to give lots of opportunity for participation over the next three weeks. Um, And some of you, probably you're thinking, like, what is homemade Christmas the first time the idea was thrown at me? I had the same question in my mind. But as I thought about it over the next few weeks, what I think homemade Christmas is 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 three principles going back to what is simple back to just simple and i don't necessarily mean easy because everything that's homemade isn't necessarily easy right it, it can be very detailed and and complicated in some degree but just back to what is simple you know i don't know if any of you guys watch shark tank but There's so many ideas that come from people just sitting at home, and they start to do something, and then all of a sudden, that turns into something greater. And I'll be watching the show, and I would think, man, why couldn't I think of that? That is so simple. And all these sharks are like fighting over, you know, who can get that product into their business portfolio. Last night I, wa- I watched, uh, we DVR Shark Tank, and so last night I watched uh, Friday night's episode. This lady made a gnome, and I don't, you know what a gnome is? Like a little like, I don't know, to me they're dumb, but if you like them, I'm sorry. I don't get them, never have, they've been around forever, like I don't, I don't get gnomes. But she, she decides to make a gnome one day. And I believe she was a nurse. And she liked it. She made it. She put it on Etsy. And it sold right away for quite a bit of money. So then she thought, well, I, I like that. Maybe I'll make a couple more and see if it's a trend. Pretty soon, her and her daughter both quit their jobs as RNs. And now they're making gnomes. And they've made like $600,000 in the last 18 months making gnomes and selling them on Etsy. Uh, my point is, is this. Their goal was to go back to something that was just simpler in their lives. And out of that simpleness, in a sense, came something of value. The second thing is this, back to the basics. Just like the foundation of things, to me, homemade is, let's just go back to what's basic. It's it's similar to what is simple, but it's also the foundation of what we do and why we do it. And the third thing is homemade means back to what is truly valuable, in my opinion. And so that's going to drive us over the next three weeks. This coming Tuesday is our annual uh, community Christmas dinner. Some of you may not know, but we've been doing the community Christmas dinner for about 25 years. And throughout that 25 years, we've done a lot of different things. Just, you know, over the last few years, we've done themes like Whoville, you know, the Grinch that stole Christmas, people dressed up. We do Mexican dinner, and, and we try to change it up so it's not the same thing, and we offer different foods. We've done pictures, you know, that were selfies. We've done pictures where we hire people to come take pictures. We've done pictures with Santa. We do presents. We done fireworks, all of that. But this year, we are simply... Inviting people to dinner, and we're sticking to the basics serving turkey, traditional foods, giving out a few gifts to people like we normally do because some of those people come from our community. But what we really want to focus on is what is truly valuable, and that is relationship. You know, over the years, We've had these Christmas dinners where in our first of the 25 years, probably the first seven years was solely just church people, and we would set up in here. Everybody that was a part of the church would come. It was full. It was a grand time amongst family, and it was a great time to just sit and visit, and oftentimes the elders would serve, the deacons would serve, the deaconesses would serve, and everyone would sit around, and we would just eat and enjoy a Christmas dinner amongst the church family. What we did is we decided to transition to become more outreach-minded and invite our community to that. And at the time, of course, we had a food bank and a soup kitchen, and so we thought we would start there and start offering the community to come in. And we had some success with that. The community joined our church dinner, and pretty soon that started to grow. But what took place was that it seems like some of the church family at that time felt pushed out because they no longer had a place to sit with their family. They had to give up their seats because the community was coming in. And, And so as soon as all of that started to take place, it turned into more of a community dinner than it was supposed to be a dinner for everybody. And I think that throughout that whole process as a church, we lost what was most valuable. You can have the community come in, but when there's less church family here to greet them, to be with them, to build relationship with them, then what happens is we miss relationship. The key thing that we're trying to do. And the whole dinner, this is a generalization, becomes more about serving people rather than building relationships with people. And personally, I don't feel like that's ever what Jesus meant for Christians to do. Yes, we are meant to serve, but serving is not for the sole purpose of just giving somebody something so that you fulfilled a duty without giving them relationship. If you look at Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, Jesus says the Son of Man did not come to be served. He's speaking about himself, but to serve. Jesus came to serve humanity and to give his life a ransom for many, and to give his life a ransom for many. So the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, came to this earth to actually serve mankind. There was the servant's heart, but don't miss the heart, because it also says, and it was to give his life. For those that he served. You know what, a lot of times we'll take this scripture and we'll often preach it. Pastors will or or leaders will use it to teach people and encourage them in the church, you know, to serve. Which is okay because there's definitely truth to that. But if we're not careful, we miss what's behind the verse. He is serving because he first loved them. He had a heart for them. It was his passion to serve them. Think about this, if all Jesus ever did was come to earth because all he cared about was his duty to fulfill his work upon the earth, then Jesus could have saved himself a whole lot of heartache by avoiding people, not joining gatherings, staying off on his own. I don't need people in my life. I don't need to, to, I, I can have a relationship with the Father and myself. I can do what God, the Father has called me to do without all of these other people gathering together. I don't need them to bother me. I don't need them to hurt me. I don't need any of these people. Jesus just could have stayed off to the side until his time had come. And then he could have went to the cross and died for humanity and accomplished the deed. Bam, done. But that's not what he did. Now, Jesus, he submitted himself when he came to not just fulfill his duty to die on the cross, but that he led with a servant's heart. He led with a servant's heart. He was born into this season to dwell amongst mankind, to dwell with them. That's what it talks about in, first, in John chapter 1. He dwelt with us, meaning that he, he worked with us. He ate meals with us. He shared stories with us. Throughout the whole process of him fulfilling the ultimate purpose in serving mankind, he built relationships with mankind what do you see in the bible in the stories story after story he's going to somebody's house and having meals with them and spending time with them it's the simple gospel message it's basic and it's valuable because of the heart that is behind the serving the community christmas dinner is an opportunity to bring some family together And the purpose to sit amongst people that you may not know or may not know that well. And part of our mission statement as a church is to love God passionately and to love people purposefully. Somebody from fresh from our classes. Why did we include those words? If you look at some churches, they'll say, love God, love people. We include those words because you can say that you love people, right? But if you don't love purposefully, the chances are you won't make time to purpose to love. Yeah, I love people, but how often do I actually go out and reflect that? How often do people see that in me? How often do I, I get in with people and mix in and actually reflect a love to all of those types of, all those people that are around me? Because our, our heart typically is to isolate or to be where we're comfortable. Part of our old Christmas dinner was comfortability. They sat with people amongst the church, but when people started coming in from the outside that they didn't know, it became Uncomfortable. And so they pulled away. And so what we need to do is purpose to build relationships with other people. That's what God has called his church to do. And here's the amazing thing. I know that I may be a little more outgoing than some. If you really knew me, I'm not as outgoing as you think that I might be. As I've gotten older, yes, it becomes easier because when you get older, you lose some sort of sensibility and you're able to say things that it doesn't matter what you say and you could care less about other things. So uh, I do, I, I take that, that now that I'm almost 50, there's been this change inside of me that makes a difference. However, it's not that difficult to simply sit down with somebody that you don't know and as we've talked over the last 10 weeks, Simply give people a chance to share their story. Two ears, one mouth. Give people an opportunity to talk about themselves, and most will oblige. Just ask people their story. Ask people questions about their life. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be afraid. Like, you don't, you don't have to, like, focus on what you're going to talk about. Simply just think about questions and start asking those questions. And most people are happy to share. And let me tell you something. Most relationships are built around food and story. Food and story. Now, the rest of this season, there's going to be similar opportunities, right? There'll be. A, we had a great breakfast this morning. Thank you, Braided Bread. Uh, for the next few weeks through the month of December and the first Sunday in January, they're going to continue to cook breakfast, and it's going to be a simple breakfast because breakfast isn't the point, right? There is something more that we should value in that, um, We're hoping that some of you, and this is open to anybody in the church, that you will bring something to church that reminds you of homemade, and we'll find one of us, and we'll display it in the church just for this season. I was hoping that we could get the sanctuary to look like a homemade Christmas sanctuary this year, and so I'm thankful for Margie and her passion and her love. She makes this place look beautiful and and perfect, but I also want to see some imperfections. Some things that are homemade. So as you walked in this morning, if you looked on the wall, you'll have seen a homemade clock that's up on the wall. Uh, my Uncle Sam does woodwork, and he had given that clock to my mom, and so she put that up there. Uh, there's some stuff from Dougie Beeler, and uh, he does woodwork, and he's displayed some homemade stuff out there. We got some of the gals that do drawings, and so they're at the Connect Center, um, we have in the back, Riley decorated the media booth, if you look back there on the front of the media booth and to the side of the media booth. Uh, Those are all homemade back there. They're so cool to look at those. We have the homemade quilt on the wall at the Connect Center, of course, up front. I'll talk about this in a minute. I just want to invite people to celebrate what is homemade in this season. Going back to what is simple, what is basic, and what is truly valuable. On December 24th, of course, we'll have Christmas Eve service, and then we have Christmas on Saturday, and then Sunday afterwards, uh, the kids are going to join us in church, and we just want the final Sundays, Sunday of the series to be homey. Everybody say homey. So what does it mean to be homey? Well, in my opinion, it's like having church at home. This is your spiritual home, so how can we make this homey? However you want to make it homey, just wear clothes, okay? But there are some people that suggested, you know, that we wear pajamas, hang out with spiritual family, that sort of thing. Some people will, some people won't. Some people are way too religious because we should wear our best to church on Sundays and that sort of thing. I just want us to be family that gathers together anywhere to celebrate Jesus And that's what matters most to me, whether it's in this building that we call church building, or it's anywhere else. I just want the family to come together and to be able to celebrate the goodness of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Simple, basic, and truly valuable. Now, when it comes to Christmas, we often look at what we call the Christmas story. And so, if you know me, I've never been much of a traditional person. Over the last couple years, I've tried to stick to some things that are traditional. Uh, But today, I want to start off the season of homemade Christmas with a scripture that I believe isn't your typical Christmas scripture. It's much simpler, and yet it's probably one of the most valuable Christmas scriptures. So what is a Christmas scripture? John 3.16. Simple, basic, and truly valuable. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now, kind of like when I first mentioned the idea of, of homemade Christmas. Some of you probably probably wondering, what in the world does this scripture have to do with a homemade Christmas? But like most homemade stuff, I want you to understand one point this morning. It's that value usually comes from the heart or the passion that goes behind making it, right? I have this, this horse up here, this rocking horse. And uh, years ago, I can't remember how old my daughters were, but their Uncle Kelly, who has a passion for woodworking, decided he was going to make them rocking horses for Christmas. And this is what he gave them. Now they're 27, almost 28 years old. They still look almost exactly like they did when he brought them to our house that day. And they're looking forward to passing them on to their children. They each have one of these. And when you look at it, uh, in my opinion, I look at it, and it is a beautiful job. You see the woodwork, the craftsmanship. You see how he cornered. The legs, the hips of the horse, and everything that's in there, the eyes that you can't see because the hair is in the way. He made it in the colors that they liked at that time. To me, this was the perfect horse for perfect little girls. However, at the same time, you look at something like that, and you might think, you know that's that's a really nice gift because of, of how beautifully created it was. And then this morning I I'm given this. I don't know if you guys can see this. The color behind it. And some of you might think, uh, what is that? A bunch of scribbling. That's that's ugly. It's out of bounds. They didn't follow the lines. The colors aren't that great on that picture. There's not much detail to it. It definitely doesn't represent the most masterful artwork that's ever been produced. And yet, what I want to talk to you about this morning is that what man views as valuable is not solely determined by its perfection or imperfection, but by the passionate heart that is behind making it. Just as valuable as this rocking horse is the picture that my grandson drew me yesterday. It's a simple message. God so loved the world. When you look at the word so even, it's not just like God just loved us and so he was obligated to do this. Like when your kids come to you and and they need some money for gas, and you don't want to have to drive them to that sporting event yourself. So you're like, okay, here's 20 bucks. That'll get you up to the high school and back. Right? It's not that kind of love, it's not that kind of obligation. God so loved the world. That his love was limitless, that it was unconditional, that it's without bounds. It is such a great love that God is love. He is love himself, it says. And it was simply love that led him into being a homemaker. God is the ultimate homemaker. And to see this, you kind of got to go back to the beginning, right? Back to the basics, Genesis 1-1, and most of you that are here this morning know that verse. In the beginning, God created. You will see sometimes the words, God formed. What did he do? He created a home. And then out of that home, he created mankind. You know what that means? That you and I, we are homemade. And the prophet Isaiah he uses words like this to describe this. In Isaiah 64, 8, he says, And yet, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. We are all formed by your hand. Everybody say formed. When it comes to the great thing about being homemade, we are all homemade. Homemade. The Apostle Paul would describe it in his own words in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, when he would say, Even before he made the world, before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God so loved the world, and you might think, That the reason why he would have sent his son, Jesus Christ, is because he loved what was already created. But what I want you to understand this morning is that passion precedes value. His love before creation was already there, and it was his passion for what would be created that drove him to create. Does that make sense? And we see in Ephesians 1, 4 that he loved us before anything was ever created. He chose you and I in Christ before we were ever created. Before he made the world, he loved us. Before he made the world, he had a passion for us. And his passionate heart led to you and I becoming homemade. And what does that mean? If you're following along with everything I've described this morning, it means that no matter who you are as an individual, you are valuable. The master potter, he makes us all differently, right? He makes us in different shapes, some are round, and some, I can't show you what skinny looks like, but... Some are skinny, some are short, some are tall. We're in different shapes, we're in different sizes, we're in different hues of color. Some are a little bit harder than others, and some are a little bit softer than others. Some take longer to form, and some take take no time at all to be formed. Some have cracks, some have many cracks, and some are broken, and yet all are still valuable. And here's what I want you to listen to. It's not because of what appears to be perfect or what is imperfect. It's because of the heart and the passion that is behind the maker. Our value, you and I, is based upon the heart of the one who made us. And the evidence of how much he loves us, how much he values what is homemade, is Christmas. For God so loved the world, his creation, you and I, that he gave. Everybody say he gave. I'm sure some of you probably think that this isn't much of a Christmas scripture when you think of John 3.16, but that is exactly what this verse is about. God gave. God gave. Now, most people, when they think of this verse, they think of it from the perspective of Jesus going to the cross and giving his life for humanity. But the context of John 3.16, there's a story that Jesus is telling to a Pharisee named Nicodemus. Nicodemus had come to Jesus because Jesus had sparked something inside of his heart. On the surface, Nicodemus may have thought, I'm a Pharisee, I've attained something. In the world's eyes, he lives a perfect life, but he knew that he didn't. And so he came and he started asking Jesus these questions. And and Jesus tells him that in order to have eternal life, true life, you must be born again. There has to be a, a second birth that takes place in your life. And Nicodemus is like, how can this be? And Jesus begins to describe these things to him. And you will see three verses before John 3.16 in John 3.13 that Jesus tells Nicodemus, the Son of Man, describing himself, came down from heaven. The beginning of the giving didn't start with Jesus dying on the cross. The beginning of the giving was when the Son of Man chose to leave what was in heaven and come down to earth and be born upon the earth as a baby. What God gave was not just any present, right? It was the perfect present, his one and only son. But even in that, I want you to just understand this principle, which may make some of you think a little bit, is that whether imperfect like you and I, or perfect like Jesus was when he was born upon the earth and he lived a perfect life, that whether imperfect or perfect, the value behind the two still comes down to the heart that was behind the maker of all. Does that... Like, Jesus being born upon the earth as as a perfect being when he was born really didn't mean anything if the maker who sent him didn't have the heart behind it. It doesn't really matter what it looks like or appears like upon this earth. What matters is the heart behind it. And when the Son of Man descended from heaven, on what we call the beginning of the Christmas season. He didn't come as a king like he could have with pomp and circumstance, but he came in the most basic way, a baby in a manger, simple, basic, and yet valuable. In a sense, he became homemade too. And let me reinforce what this means one last time with my final verse. 13, Revelation thirteen, 13.8 says, And all the people who belong to this world worshipped the beast. Talking about the end times. They are the ones whose names were not written in the book of life. Because they chose another god. That book of life that belongs to the lamb who was slaughtered before The world was made. The Lamb who was slaughtered before the world was made. Who is the Lamb of God? Jesus Christ. What is he saying? Jesus, the Lamb of God, was slaughtered. He died on the cross before the foundations of the world. This means that God loved you. Everyone put your hand on your heart. I want you to hear this, that God loved you. He loved me so much. It led him to make you and I. He formed us, he shaped us, he molded us, and he gave us the gift of life. We are homemade. And we have value because we are homemade. And yet he knew his beloved creation would one day want to separate from him. And so before he even started the creative process, he had a plan to give us another homemade gift that's just as valuable, his son, which would bring the gift of eternal life. It's like My love is leading me to make something, right? And if you've ever watched people who make something and there's a passion that's behind it, like there is truly, they, they love what they've created. They're into what they've created. If you see them on Shark Tank, sometimes it crushes them to let it go. But knowing that you would make something, and also knowing that if you make this, if you put your heart into it, if you love it with all that you are, knowing ahead of time that as soon as I make this, there's a great possibility that it will leave me. But because I love it so much, so loved. So loved that before I even make it, I've got a plan. I'm going to plan on giving it another gift of love from me that when it's away from me, will try to turn it around and come back to me. This is really what a homemade Christmas is about. Back to what is simple, God's love for you back to what is basic, he descended from heaven, he came to earth, and he was born in a manger. Back to what is truly valuable, he did it so that once again he could have relationship with humanity. It's the simple gospel message for you and I. That is a homemade Christmas.